Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another brand spanking new episode of The Sunday Card right here on Spotify, on Google Pod, on Apple Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. We are here for you also on Sports Country Radio and sportscountry.net. We are in the thralls now, in the thicket of the NFL season. Maddie and I, I got to tell you, I feel like we have been really crunching numbers this week really getting down to the dirty work we are we are running out of ink with the feather pens like it is really really uh scary this week because there's so much that you like and i feel like there's a lot of traps halloween weekend is upon us matthew and listen goblins and ghouls afoot i'll tell you well they've been they've been haunting my dreams they've been haunting my picks and that is for sure uh Yes, very, very spooky weekend coming up. Uh, I have a wedding this weekend, not a costume-themed wedding that we're going to, um, but I'm sure there will be some, some fun festivities at the after party afterwards at, uh, for, some, for some Halloween festivities. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like the scariest wedding ever. The bride's going to come out with this blood-soaked dress and everything like that. Like, it sounds very hairy. Yeah, who knows? I, there might be, is there a blood moon, maybe? I don't know. There might be some... <laughs> Some some weird ceremonies happening. Some seances got a werewolf howling at the moon, maybe. I don't know. That's that's a heck of a night to get married. God bless that couple. Um, unbelievable. I am actually not going to be uh I'll be watching football on Sunday, but I will be at Martinsville Raceway for the Sprint Cup series playoffs, uh, which I am very excited. First NASCAR race ever. Joe Logano needs my help, his Connecticut native. So in last place right now and just needs to win to stay in the playoff hunt so i mean i can't i got to support my italian friend from connecticut right absolutely yeah yeah love joey logano around these parts huge huge i'm gonna have the the game the the race starts at two so i'm gonna have like i don't know how i'm gonna do this but i'm gonna have to be a full charge like i already told the guys that you better bring like portable chargers because (laughs) pats kick off at four like let's go like against the chargers so i need it um, but it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm excited for it. Let's recap this week, this past weekend, though. I know we don't want to do it, Maddie, but we have to do it. Um, just rough for you, boy. Rough for you. Uh, one and four. One and four this week. Um, I feel like a lot of these games, though, we were on the right side. It just the ball just did not bounce our way. That was the problem. Um, you know, in some of these, like the San Francisco Indianapolis game. The Washington football team. Holy crap. I mean, that, that that was awful. That's the one that I was going to say. When you're talking about bounces, I mean, it's just Taylor Heineke just not knowing where to where to end up, where the goal line is going down. I could not believe I was in a bar watching and there was the sound wasn't on that game. And I was just like, what are they debating right now? What are they? I, I didn't I just I get that he gave himself up and it's not where his knee goes down. But still, I don't know. That It's crazy to me, I guess, uh, that he couldn't like roll into the end zone there. But that was one that. Man, that so felt like the right side. Even at the very end, they had a chance to just get a touchdown and just backdoor the, the eight and just couldn't do it. It was just just brutal. And, uh, how many times were they inside? They had first and goal like four times, and they got oh. zero points out of it. <laughs> like, it was a so, joke. So bad. So bad. So bad. I mean, that was a rough one. Um, with you, Philadelphia, I-, I loved that game. But, man, they just – as soon as they lost Miles Sanders out of that game, it was it was over. Like they just couldn't do anything. Ninety-one percent completion percentage from Derek Carr. Yeah, he's playing out of his mind. He's playing absolutely out of his mind. And then, obviously, last but not least, 
you're happy about this one. I'm not so much. Tennessee and Kansas City. How does Kansas City not score a touchdown? The Kansas City Chiefs are now just not scoring touchdowns. Can, can, can we say it? Like, Patrick Mahomes is not good right now. Uh, right not now. good. Right like, now. This, this season, this season, he sucks. He flat out he, sucks. Like, he, 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 he has nine interceptions. He has 11 turnovers. I mean, that's Zach Wilson level suck is what we're talking about right now. Can we – are we allowed are We allowed to say that? It's so scary. It's like he's he's definitely not good right now. It's not like he's not like done. Like he's not done in the league. He's got a no. 10-year contract. But it's just like he's not right right now. He's not Patrick Mahomes right now. It's just hard to like sum up. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it, it boggles the mind. There's no question about it. The Super Bowl hangover, I guess, is real. But a lot of those guys didn't play. The whole offensive line, I mean, most of it did not play in that Super Bowl. And the only right. good guy in the line is Tooney. I mean, Orlando Brown is terrible. We know how bad their defense is. Like, like they have nothing. They have nothing going for them. It is the most shocking fall, quote unquote. I don't know if we've fallen all the way yet, but it's a fall from grace for sure, at least for the first half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's just, what's the D? De- I mean, I, the defense has been their biggest, but they don't put up any touchdowns. But like, even if that gets right, which would like be expected, they, they have there's so much to do on the defense we talked about it a lot last week so i don't want to get into it but like so much to do on the defensive side yeah. to, to be able to compete uh, you talk, talk about scary weekends for them i mean this is a scary one for the chiefs um with them this past week titans cover the number oh i'm sorry i totally lost you on your one here tampa bay obvious that was the most yeah. obvious 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 blowout of the week yeah that one was like we called it like just how we set out on the show and it went that way it was just like how many points can the Bears score? Up oh, three. That's all. And, and, like they just they could not get it going on offense. Like they had nothing on offense to beat that defense, uh, and it was asking. It, it really like it felt like it could have been like fifty to three. Like the offense kind of was just kind of goofing around. It felt like in the second half they could have scored every single time. We tried to give them ten. We tried to give them ten, and they couldn't even do that. And Brady admitted after the game he said he missed some throws, um, yeah. which he technically did. I mean they could have buried him. Uh, do you like the deal the guy got for the 600th touchdown ball? Uh, he's, I mean, I don't know what legal action he has. He probably he just got fleeced. He just got absolutely fleeced. bamboozled, just bamboozled with $1,000 to the pro shop for the only 600th touchdown pass ball, like just one of a kind. I, I can't believe it. And I, I just, I want to know how they did it. Like the graphic usually goes right up in the stadium, right? Like they would have been like a big deal. Like right. that was Brady's. Did I, did they like make them wait till they got the ball back? Once they saw it was gone, like there was immediately like radio calls, like don't announce it yet. We got to get the ball back. And then they did it. Cause oh. I just don't know how he didn't know. He said he didn't know until he gave it back. That would have been such a sneaky play by the ops guys. I mean, that would, oh, credit to those guys. I don't know. I imagine that it was way too quick for Evans, like to not give the ball away. He probably, how Evans did not know is beyond belief. I mean, right. most, most receivers would know that, but the guy got what season tickets for this year and next year. He got the, the signed jerseys. He's got the helmet. He's got the cleats. He got a Bitcoin from Brady who admitted he gave him a Bitcoin. All right. That's well, pretty he, good. He, all right. So he got a lot more than what I see. The initial package right after the game was the thousand dollars, the team. So that's all I saw. I didn't see that he got like all, but still like what he could have gotten at it for auction is 
hundreds oh of thousands of dollars. <laughs> Can you imagine how pissed off the Bucks would have been at Mike Evans if that guy was just like, nope, I'm not giving it back. <laughs> oh my God. That's a George Costanza moment if I've ever heard one. Really? Um, but that, amazing, amazing uh, job by the Buccaneers. Real quick, I'll recap me. I go three and two. The model, I think, works, Maddie. I think the model is pretty good. It seems like it on, especially, like I said, the biggest one, the biggest hit of the week was exactly that. You had the spread rate. Your, your number would have covered it's Tennessee minus seven. I mean, that's like, yeah, feels like you were pretty on there. And then, like I said, the one that you were on the side with me with, with Washington, that I'm sorry, that that was the one that's that was the, truest, the right side. That's the truest number that like lost last week. It's, you know, the right side's the winning side, but that one was just the right side, especially, you know, if that's what your numbers were telling you, I think you would take that bet uh, most times uh, again. So. 100%. You might be onto something here, Dan. I, I'm I, very I, interested in this. I, I Listen, uh, it's every Tuesday morning. They, I just go out and I do them. We lose on San Francisco as well. A factor in the rain and Jimmy G just not being able to hold in the ball. Small hands make small people in the rain. Uh, atmospheric river is now my favorite like term <laughs> ever, by the way. That was amazing. But, my, my favorite was the, the the image of the girlfriend sitting next to the guy who was in the front row wearing swim goggles. He like, he was shirtless, swim goggles, was fully ready. Like, there's no way when she's when she signed up, like, yes, I'll go to this football game with you in Santa Clara, that I'm going to be sitting through an atmospheric river dumping on me. She did not know what she was getting in for. And then, like, but the boyfriend fully embraced it, goggles on, shirt off, front row, football guy. That football guy to the extent, a California football guy, a real like Bill Walton type over there. I mean, he was yeah. unbelievable. Um, and then obviously we hit with the Titans. We hit with the Bengals. Amazing win mm. for the Bengals. I mean, holy cow. And easy, easy. They won by 26 points. In that. I mean, that was the stunner uh, when they just ran away with it in the end. Um, and then obviously the Pats beating up on the Jets. I mean, that was how about a 50 burger from Mac Jones. Are you kidding me? I was even stunned by that. I, I think everybody, I think Mac Jones was stunned by that. Goodness. Bobby, Bobby Salah certainly was. Boy, <laughs> oh boy. To come out of the bye week and then put that, just lay an egg. I just, I don't know. I don't know where, where to go with the Jets. And now they're going with youth pastor Mike White this week. I mean, it's just going to be tough. Generic, generic quarterback, Mike White, number yes. nine from like NCAA 2012. It's just, that is, where do they get these guys? That, I mean, we're going to get into, into that later. This week, Maddie, though, I want to share with you something. I told you I've been making this model, but part of my model to make it is doing power ratings with the model. And this week is really like, I didn't want to really release them last week because I wasn't sure how this was going to work out. But this week I was like, okay, I'll do them this week. And then I'm kind of share them. And I just wanted to go through them just quickly and just get your reactions and see where my model has teams and then where teams are really kind of seen throughout the league. So really quick, I'm going to go through this. My top two teams are Arizona and Buffalo. Those are, in a, and honestly, these are tiered because I do it by numbers. So I start with zero and then there's a number assigned to each team here and there, depending on their numbers and how it works out. So Arizona and Buffalo are in their own class. They are the top two. I have Arizona slightly above Buffalo. Dallas is in their own class at number three. I think, I think most people would agree with that. Then I have the Rams and the Bengals matched up together at uh, four and five. Now, here's where things get interesting. This is six, seven, and eight. Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and New England end up at six, seven, and eight which really 
kind of stunned me and and how my numbers were going because you have New England against uh, over some really much better teams at least right now um, that they have so New England in a class of its own then I have these three teams matched up for the next three the Raiders the Browns the Saints end up marked up at number what was that eight nine ten it sounds like I think we're through 12 or through 12 uh, Denver Broncos after that come through, which again, I think was another stunner. Um, and then this is where I have the teams that are listed as average teams. These are like average football teams. These three teams, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Seattle were listed as in the average category. So really not great at, not great on offense, not great on defense. Baltimore, I feel like has definitely been one of those teams that I hate to say this, but I feel like they're slightly overrated. I feel like they've gotten super lucky the, this year in a lot of these games. I don't know how you feel about that being there, but just the initial reactions to those teams and where they've been. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Those three, like, so that's a very interesting part of the bottom there with that Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Seattle. Uh, I could see your side with Baltimore. So, you know, the, the Justin Tucker historic field goal got them by in that game. They could have easily lost the game to the Chiefs on, on, a, on a wrong bounce there where they got the turnover at the very end. So definitely true, and especially when you see them get blown out by Cincinnati like that. Uh, it's glad to know that your your model still shows New England bias. As it is well incredible. As you, so. My, my it, model loves the Patriots, so I love my model. This is definitely, I said, this is definitely your model. Um, I can tell <laughs> that. And I like another team right in that tier in Minnesota, and I'm I said that they were pretenders. I'm starting to like waver on this one. I don't know. Like Minnesota is, is in a, a weird spot for me right now, but very interesting. Very interesting. I think I really like the lumping of the Raiders Browns and saints though. That is like, that makes sense to me. Those two teams right there were okay. just like right on the, pre- like they should be playoff teams, but man, they're just like, they're not perfect in every aspect. And they've got some glaring weaknesses. I, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. I, that's where I really like that tier. These next three tiers are going to be just a group of four. They're slightly below average, below average, and getting to be pretty bad. Those are the next three tiers here. These, this tier, but these four teams all rank the same, uh, but some slightly over others. Green Bay, Tennessee, the Chargers, and the New York Giants end up in that category which absolutely stunned me that the Giants ended up with those three teams. Right. That makes – that's – okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that one, I don't, I don't have uh, – that one's stunning. I'm sitting there going, yeah, Green Bay, we agree. Tennessee, both probably a little overrated. Uh, I still like the Chargers and then the Giants that – okay. Just keep going. That one's <laughs> – just <laughs> That's slightly, I don't know below, what... slightly below average. Like, that's just okay. very, very – then we've got below average, these teams, Pittsburgh, Philly, the Washington football team, and Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins not being in the bottom tier is one of the most shocking things you said yet. Yes, I, I completely agree, but my, this is where my number is. Well, and here we go. I see I see who's in the last tier, who's You're not on my see. list, right? Well, you may be surprised. Chicago, San Francisco, Houston – Detroit, that's where my numbers have it. I mean, this is where things get really, really wacky, where these teams are like – these are like bad teams. Like, these are like 
getting to be really, really bad. Um, but Chicago, San Francisco, Houston, Detroit, all lumped in the same category. Can you see that? I can see that. And I'm just looking ahead. Are you telling me you've got the Jets and the Chiefs in the same category? And am I missing anybody else with Jacksonville? No, 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 no. There is one more tier. And then the Jets and the Jaguars are the worst two teams on my list. Thank God. Okay. But the tier is Kansas City, Atlanta, and Carolina are all in the same tier before the Jets and the Jaguars. Huh. Is that not like now if I'm just doing by the numbers, this is all statistics, me breaking out like, you know, all these different numbers on these teams. And this is where the ranking system had them. The ranking system has Kansas City as the 28th best team in the league. Now, the ranking system based on how, like how much are you? So you're not you're not adding a rating to these. You're basically scoring based on whatever stats you're deciding to pull. Which is essentially, you know, most models, it's it's whoever's waiting. Are you waiting more stats importantly than others? Or do you just have, these are the stats I'm pulling, and this is how they're weighted offensively and defensively? There are certain stats that are weighted. Uh, most stats are weighted the same, but there are certain stats that are weighted less than others. I will say that. So this is where the model starts. And again, the model is not scientific, but the, this is what the model is saying, is that Based on, and, and I'll tell you something about Kansas City, it's a very, very heavily skewed towards the defensive numbers are really pulling them down on my rankings. That's okay. the issue. So uh, when you average out the two, the defensive numbers really, really hurt Kansas City. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah. is, is it, and I assume for Carolina, is it the offensive numbers hurting them for the most part? I would imagine yeah. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's play has probably dropped them quite a bit. Yeah, Carolina, for me, was really, really far down the list in terms of offense. I'm trying to find it, actually. Oh, yeah, Carolina was worst team offensively right now. And uh, next to the Jets, them and the Jets were tied for the last spot offensively. They have been atrocious. They've been a train wreck for the last four weeks offensively. So Carolina's numbers are really pulling them down. Atlanta's defensive numbers are really pulling them down. So you know, and then the Jets are in their own category. Jacksonville is one step below the Jets where we have it. So it has been uh, those two I definitely agree with. Number one, number two, number 31, and number 32. I, I don't think those are too far off. So that one seemed like, okay. But, I mean, I was stunned when I saw Kansas City in the likes of Carolina and Atlanta. That just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. And just some other teams that, like, are in the bottom half. Again, like, Chargers in the bottom half pretty shocking i don't know where what do your numbers tell me about san francisco because they are so confusing for me right now san francisco was not a terrible defense but their offense is what the their issue was their offensive when i had the offensive numbers together i had san francisco pretty far down the list i think i had them the ranked 28th offense in the league and a lot of that you know what san francisco's problem really has been this year obviously the injuries and all that jazz, they haven't had consistency where everybody's been playing. They are the most penalized team in the league. I mean, they really have issues with penalties. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bad, bad thing. They've also just, they've, they've had a brutal schedule. They had the Rogers game with, where they lose that game. They lose to Seattle with, with Trey Lance. They lose this game on Sunday night, which we did not think that we're going to lose that game. I mean, that was, they've just lost some games where they just can't seem to put it together especially in the second half of games where they just can't seem to put anything together. 
Um, offensively against the Cardinals was the same thing. You know, it's just been kind of a train wreck with them offensively this year because they just haven't had the consistency at quarterback. They haven't had consistency in the offensive room. One last question about the model. Yeah. How, uh, are we waiting strength of schedule for, you know, opponents beaten and, and anything into these stats or is it pure just, they are averaging this over these games, over these last three, over these last season. Is there any strength of schedule waiting in this? Uh, not really, although I'm thinking about tinkering with the model and saying, okay, maybe that is a good idea to put like a, opponents. Um, the one thing I am going to add to the model next week uh, so that I get a more clearer picture is red zone offense and red zone defense. I think those two things need to really kind of go back into the model um, because those are really, really important parts of the game. But as far as strength of schedule, no, because in the NFL, to me, you play who you play. I think I, to me, I, I don't put a high emphasis on it and I get it like most people do, but you play who you play. These are all professionals. Um, some teams are heavily more weighted heavily than others. There's no question about that. And that's, what's going to happen in this model, but it actually ends up that most of the games this week, I'll tell you that I had in the model were within a field goal of each other. So again, when we're talking about extreme ends, we're looking for huge discrepancies in the number and those are the games we're going to play. So that's the way the model sees it. That's the way the calculator has put it through this week. We're looking at this game. We're not looking at X and O's on paper. We're not looking at film. We are looking at Excel files is what yeah. we are looking at. We are, we are now at uh, spreadsheets and columns and formatting. <laughs> well, Maddie, I, you know, I'm super excited to get some picks this week. Did you have any stats of how we're doing this year? Yeah, so I had some interesting stuff. Just, uh, you know, uh, one of those things popped up uh, as far as how the dogs are doing against the spread versus betting on favorites. Um, and we've, we've touched that a lot on the show from, from week to week. So I thought we haven't stepped in in a while. But um, just overall on, on the season right now, uh, across all betting, based on closing line numbers, um, dogs against the spread right now are 57 and 50. So obviously favorites would be 50 and 57. So a little bit leaning towards the dogs. Um, but as we know, the first three weeks, was really dominant for him. First three weeks, dogs went 30 and 17. These last four, they have gone 27 and 33. So the favorites have taken over in the past four weeks. Uh, just an interesting thing, which, you know, I think, but that's that's bookmakers changing lines, tweaking lines, learning more about teams. So I thought based on that, I wanted to see how we have done this season when we are picking dogs or when we are picking favorites. Because I personally have been wondering where, where I might be going wrong. I feel like I'm getting led astray a little bit some of these times so um on the season right now dan you um you have picked a favorite 11 times you have gone six and five in those bets so you have been pretty good when you're selecting your favorites on the north side of 500 and it's but it's just about the same for the dogs um you have picked a dog 24 times and you are 11 12 and one uh, the one obviously our Bengals pick um me this season picking favorites Five and eight. Oh, yeah. Stop. I'm getting caught. <laughs> I feel like I'm feeling very much like a square when I'm picking favorites and losing. Uh, and as uh, betting on dogs, 11, 10, and one. So just a little look for myself of where I think maybe I need to get back to looking at the right numbers, looking at the right sides here. So just a little analysis. That's what you have to do, though. Like when we're in the season, now we're in week eight. We have a bunch of numbers to look at. We have all this like data that we can assess. We have our eyeballs, obviously, that we use too. But like you have to 
be humble and you have to kind of self-reflect on what you're doing, what your strategy is. And that's what we're doing. And that's what you should do out there as well. If you're following us around, I love that. I love just diving into the numbers and seeing like how we're doing based on this and that and the other, and with favorites, with dogs, other things, how the league has progressed. It is fascinating when you start really, we're, we're, we're really getting into the deep dive of, of how to be a, a better, better in, in the national football league. So kudos to you, my friend. hundred percent, hundred percent, Dan. I actually have one more thing that I forgot to mention. I want to mention a trend that I noticed on Twitter. And as soon as you notice them on Twitter, probably means they've jumped the shark, but we got to, we got to keep our eye on this one and follow it a little longer. Um, the most successful dogs have been road dogs under a touchdown this year. The, the one yes. dogs hitting at the biggest, highest rate, they are 30 and 12 against the spread. When you have road dogs underneath a touchdown, um, they are also 25 and 17 straight up. So those have been, those are the money line wow. opportunities that I'm missing here. 25 and 17 road dogs straight up. Um, so interesting thing. And just to highlight those teams this week would be uh, Green Bay currently playing Thursday night as we record New England, Washington, Carolina, Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. So I just mm. wanted to highlight those and see which one of those might show up as we get into our best picks. I wonder if any of those will show up. It sounds like they'll be coming up from beyond the grave. Spoiler, I'm blindly betting all of them minus Green Bay. There's your thoughts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you can't bet on Green Bay because, you know, we the war between you and Aaron Rodgers right now is just uh, – you're getting shelled, my friend. It's tough. I will just keep losing. Yeah, shelled. I'll just be on the front line just being a meat shield as Aaron <laughs> Rodgers just continues to get more bounces. I mean, again, we're watching Thursday night. We just saw the Rondell Moore off the fingertip. Like the Packers are getting every bounce. It feels like it is. It's been excruciating. It's been excruciating. I can, I can only imagine. I mean, they're up 10, seven right now. And as we go into the halftime, it sounds like, so let's get into it. Shall we? I win this week, Maddie. I think I'm going to punt to you this week and let you go first. And I feel like let's mix it up. Let's mix up the, the order. So we get some juju flowing scary week, spooky week. Halloween is on Sunday. Uh, give me some candy corn pick this week, huh? Oh, candy corn would be garbage. I'm hoping they're not candy corn. I'm oh, you're not are. a candy corn fan. Okay. All right. You, you are. Oh, man. I, I, okay. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. All my, my Kit Kats God. are gone now, so I got to stick to candy corn. Yeah, no, you, you buy that, you buy that uh, mixed bag like a, a week ahead of time for <laughs> the candy I'm not passing out anyway. So now it's just, I don't have that excuse anymore of like you buy it for like the kids coming. Like I don't hand out candy. It's just for me. Um, you know what? Let's get spooky right away. This was going to be number four, mm. but I think you were just saying spooky. And this is this is a game I can't wait to watch on Sunday because this they should be getting all sorts of spooky and freaky down in New Orleans, down oh. on Bourbon Street. They are going to be the guy. Talk about the ghouls being out down there. They are going to be head to toe. Um, and I will take the, the home team in the Saints plus four and a half, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, uh, the Bucks lost both games to New Orleans last year in the regular season and very, very close to losing that game uh, in the playoffs last year where uh, Bucks were up – or sorry, Saints were up 20 to 13. There was a turnover. Tampa immediately drives back downfield and they couldn't be stopped the rest of the game. If it weren't for that and if the Saints end up getting in, going up two scores, who knows what happens last season as far as the entire rest of the road to the Super Bowl. But – uh, Tampa Bay has been very, very different. Tom Brady himself has been very different home and away as we, as we've seen them. The, the, they are 0-3 against the spread on the road. They lost straight up to the Rams 
they did not cover the game in New England and they did not cover the game against Philadelphia. Um, it, so they let Philly in really late in that game. Um, and I just think that this is a New Orleans team that just knows how to defend them. Like they were facing, yes, the Bucks offense is better and more fine tuned this year um, versus when they had them, especially I think one of the games was week one or two um, against the Saints last year. But I just think that this is a team that knows how to defend Tom Brady and his style. They haven't necessarily been blowing out teams um, on the road or, or sorry. Yeah, they have not been blowing out teams on the road, the bad teams. They beat the Bears last week in the perfect matchup. That's another reason why I think it's just you're getting a, a Bucks team coming off a massive, massive win, a big public favorite team. So I'm going to take the Saints here. This one's already come down. It was at six earlier in the week, down to four and a half. So I really wish that I had that, that better number of that touchdown. But New Orleans defense still top five in yards per play, really good uh, against the run, really good uh, getting pressure, uh, which is, I think, again, the advantage they have against Brady. Um, and then Jameis is capable of beating up the one part of this Bucks offense that we've seen, or the Bucks defense that we've seen teams take advantage of, and that's secondary. Justin Fields couldn't do that last week, but anybody who has a capable arm should be able to throw on this team. Jameis has zero turnovers from a clean pocket this year. If they could keep Jameis clean, he could definitely throw the ball all over this injured, banged up secondary. Matt, I love this pick. I love this pick. It is not my top five, but it is in my leans category. Uh, as soon as that number went from five and a half to six, I scoop that right up i mean that was a I mean, I, I, this is why it's important a lot of lines have been inflated this week and now have come down mm. as of thursday i mean it has been like wild you see the market move this week and this was one of those games um i i, I think this is a great thing you're normally you fade the monday night team but saints didn't really play that great on monday night to be quite honest with you and yeah. their defense continues to just be a run stuffing machine demario davis is ridiculous i mean that yeah. guy is a piss missile Mar marshawn Lattimore's playing like he's the best corner in football right now i, I like this pick and Lattimore, we've seen is the like the premier corner to shut down mike evans Lattimore has had mike evans number these past few years so i just think that that kind of locks him up no antonio brown which i think is going to be a bigger impact this week than it was um, last week, again, was just a team that they could beat up in a lot of different ways. You get Gronk back this week for them. But I think that, again, A.B., they're going to be in a lot more third-down situations this week than they were against Chicago. And I just feel like A.B. all season has been that guy in short yards, you know, third and fours, third and fives that Brady's been looking to. So I think that their third-down percentage might not be as high against the Saints this week. They can get a couple stops. If Gronk doesn't play, because I think he's likely to play, but if he doesn't play, do you like the Saints on the money line? I I'm considering it because it's, it is, you know, there's gotta be one of those, there's a couple spots every year, you know, teams don't just go one loss, two loss undefeated all year. Like there's a couple spots to take these teams and man, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into it, trying to talk myself into it. I probably yeah. got to sprinkle a little bit on there. I, I think so. This has not been a great place for Brady uh, in New Orleans. So, you know, he won there, I think once when he was with new England, I can remember, I think it was 2017 that we went down there and won so uh in week two so yeah um this has not been great and especially for the bucks it has not been great either so i do like this pick and one of the worst things about the bucks too 26 in the league uh, as far as allowing receptions to the running back so Ooh. expect big uh stuff out of alvin kamara this game uh especially again if they're missing um the linebacker levante david if he's out again uh that's that's going to be huge yes very much so Mark Ingram, welcome him back to New Orleans yeah. this week. How about that just, little trade? 
just another little thing. He might not be playing, but he's definitely going to be there with the team. And no, he's you know, playing. Peyton said he he's is. playing. So that's what he I said. I like that even more. I really do like that even more. Just, just, a, just another uplifting kind of locker room guy. Oh, they're going to be for the juju. The juju is down in New Orleans this week. I like it, buddy. Love it. Uh, I'll give you a freaking scary pick. Team that we absolutely just despise. Despise. This one is like so gross, but the reason I'm picking it is because all of a sudden there's a mystery. The coach has gone missing. I'm taking the Bears plus four at home against the 49ers. That's what the model says. No Matt Nagy this week. And he is Uncle COVID has got him in his grips. And he is in he is he is somewhere. We have to find him somewhere. This is the mystery of Halloween this week. And this really doesn't have anything to do with the Bears, to be quite honest. It has more to do with the 49ers than it does with the Bears. Listen, I'm not going to try and convince you that the Bears offense is good. It's not. It stinks. But the 49ers, I mean, listen to some of these numbers that the 49ers have got right here. Shanahan, as a favorite now, stunningly as a favorite, is 10-21-1 as a favorite. Second worst record as a favorite of the head coach uh, next to Mike Tomlin. The Niners this year are one in five against the spread. Only the Jets and the Washington football team are worse. The Niners are 30th in third down conversions. They cannot get thir- uh, first down conversions on third down. Now the Bears are 32nd. I get that. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be transparent. How about turnover differential? Minus seven turnover differential. But like I told you in the beginning, the penalties have killed the Niners. The Niners are, are getting the most penalty yards on average per game of any team. The only team in the league to average more than 80 yards of penalties per game is the San Francisco 49ers. They have been horrendous because they haven't had consistency. And the last four games, here's a little um, uh, analytics stat for you. Last four games, Niners 30th in expected points added in their pass defense. I think Justin Fields might be able to find some ways to throw the football with Bill Lazor just calling the plays this week. I like it this week. Bears also leading the league in sacks right now, so they've been really, really good at that, although their offensive line stinks and they're giving up the most sacks. So I love this. I may sprinkle a little on the under. It's going to be pretty windy in Chicago as well, but the under is 39.5, so be careful. But I do like the Bears to keep this one close, at least close. I'm not sure about the money line, but I, I do think that Nagy being out actually makes me feel so much better about it. So the model says Chicago plus four. Yeah, this was this was one of my this was in my column, and I have it scratched on here because um, I, again, there there is the injury report, Dan. There's that we have no Khalil Mack, no yeah. Robert Quinn, and possibly no Akeem Hicks. So the entire defensive line of the Bears might not be playing, and. That was just enough to take me off of this one. That, that is way too much for me to be able to ride it. But I, I had that number. I, I loved it. Even just from, again, off of feel, my numbers didn't tell me anything. But uh, I thought four points, again, buying low on a team that that looked really bad last week. And again, talking about the same game as I was with the Bucks last week. But, you know, you buy low on the team and you sell high on the other one. So, but the defensive line just got me off of this game. Understand it. Completely understand it. I just think the Niners are a broken team. I think they're a broken team right now that has to figure out some things without the personnel in and out, left and right, center. I mean, like, they're just kind of that wonky team that has to figure it out their way. And I think the Bears can take advantage of it at home. Just don't do anything stupid. Just don't do anything stupid and force that kid or force Jimmy to, you know, make mistakes. That, that's what I think the Bears need to do. 
I don't love it, but I go with what the model is saying. So the model says Chicago plus four. I stick with it. By the way, the model originally had my fifth pick as the Indianapolis Colts. But now that that line has moved, the Bears are now have a higher value than the Indianapolis Colts. So just a little more transparency about it. Uh, number four, Maddie. Number four, I'm hoping that your model is going to whisper something to, to me about this one because this is, again, I think this is just a feel, and this is less about the team I'm betting on and more against the team I'm betting against as, as well. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, they've got a couple games, you know, they, but they're now a favorite. We've now bought in on Matt Ryan. And I, the only reason I can see that we've bought in on Matt Ryan is because he's had good games against Miami, the Jets, Washington, and the Giants are the last four teams that Atlanta has played. And they managed to get uh, two wins out of it. Or sorry, three wins out of it. Uh, but they're beaten up by the bad teams, just as Carolina did in their first three games and then were declared frauds and have now taken their lumps in the last four. Uh, Carolina hasn't covered in four straight. So this to me now is just another opportunity. Uh, this has actually jumped up now to Carolina with that hook on it. So I love that. Um, and again, I, I just think the Falcons offensive numbers have gotten fat off this past few weeks. Carolina, again, coming off, even after they cooled down from the first three games, they are still top 10 in EPA per play. They have five players on their defensive line that all have 10 pressures or more this season. And I think that exactly fits with the same kind of style that the, uh, the Buccaneers played against Atlanta uh, in week two, when they won 48 to 25, forced Matt Ryan to throw three interceptions. Uh, Carolina is the second highest blitzing team in the NFL, right behind the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, four defensive linemen in that game, all had a quarterback pressure. They mm. all had a pressure in that game, meaning you can get home from any spot on this offensive line. This offensive line is bad across the board. So Carolina having five guys that are capable of getting home, Shaq Thompson going to be back this week, makes me feel like they are going to be in Matt Ryan's grill, making him face a lot more blitzes. And like as you said, your model, Carolina offensively, they have been horrible. And that's the thing. Their, their past three weeks, they've just been bad. So I'm just buying that there's a little bit of positive regression to being an average NFL offense because they have been. I, again, all these numbers, when I was sorting through uh, teamrankings.com, and you could look at the last three, Bottom, if you sort by the last three weeks, they are bottom three in like every category. They've just been brutal. So if Matt, if, but it's also because uh, Sam Darnold's been getting a lot of pressure. The Falcons don't get pressure. Matt, uh, sorry, I keep saying Matt Ryan instead of Sam Darnold. They're you know, <laughs> basically the same. Uh, yeah, right. Oxymore there. Uh, Sam Darnold with a clean pocket is capable of making some throws and be capable of moving this ball down the field. So I don't think Atlanta's going to get a ton of pressure against them. Uh, and they're going to be able to move the ball. And like I said, I think they're going to be able to force Matt Ryan into a couple of mistakes um, and maybe get a defensive touchdown out of it. So you need Carolina plus three and a half in a divisional game as one of those sweet road dogs under a touchdown. Well, when in Halloween town, you got to go with the black cap, right? I mean, that's the idea. So oh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, if you need offensive uh, firepower and you need kind of an uplift the Atlanta Falcons defense is one of the worst in, 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 in football. So, and according to my model, they're like in the bottom five. So I, I, I don't hate this pick. It was a stay away from me. We had it listed at, at Atlanta minus three. So it was right there, but now that it's come to three and a half, I could see the little bit of value on it. So uh, don't hate it, 
don't hate it. Just not enough juice for me. But you know, I listen. We are big cat fans on this on this show. Like that's what we are. We're huge cat, cat fans. Um, all kinds of cats: jungle cats, black cats. We love bear the stripes. Cats. The bear cats, striped cats. There. We love the Cincinnati's. Both Cincinnati Bearcats and Cincinnati Bengals. We do love. I think huge <laughs> fans of those this week. Uh, my number four. We're just picking on a bad team this week. We're picking on a bad team. I like having a couple of favorites in there just to show it off. I freaking would do anything. What's a better place to spend Halloween than with the nutcases up in Buffalo? That is no question about it. This one, as soon as I saw it, it jumped out to me. It's now at minus 14. Uh, Our model had this closer to like three touchdowns um, somewhere in that realm. Now, it was at 13 and a half. We grabbed it. Now it's at 14. Let me give you the last nine scores between the Dolphins and the Bills. Just so you know, the Bills have won eight of the last nine against Miami. Here are the scores of that game. 35 nothing, 56-26, 31-28, 37-20, 31-21, 42-17. Then they lost 21-17. Then 22-16 win, 24-16 win. Five of the eight wins have been double-digit wins for the Bills. It has been a shellacking. Um, This has been a one-sided divisional matchup. It does not matter, especially in Buffalo. They have just murdered this team. Um, Josh Allen in his last six games against the Miami Dolphins, 17 touchdown passes. Sean McDermott, uh, 6-3 ATS versus Miami. Uh, And then you just put it up together against the numbers here. Buffalo, number two in sacks allowed, number two in third down offense. Miami is 31st in third down defense. And then number one in turnover differential are the Buffalo Bills. Miami's also 31st in yards per pass attempt. Buffalo, number one in team opposing passing yards per attempt for their defense. Number two in opposing team pass rate. Everything about this just screams, 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 um, screams the, the Bills. And road dogs of seven and a half or more are six and 13 this year against the spread. Love the Bills at home in the wind and the rain. Circle the wagons against the fish. Yeah, I kind of I knew that was going to be in your your place. I just I just absolutely knew it. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a lean for me. I just. I, I didn't want to lay the big number with Buffalo because it felt like we did that because you took them last time against Miami, correct? You had, had a big, I think it was a you know, double digit spread. No, I in... took, I, yes, I think I did actually. I think you're right. It was one of the few that we won. Yeah, that's why I, I think you did. So, um, and another interesting stat that I did, I had with all the, um, with the underdogs this year is that 10 point, um, 10 point dogs this year are only three and eight against the spread. So, all those ones where it's, you know, Oh, there's just too many points for the dogs. Three dogs are only three and eight against the spread. All, all haven't. Nobody's won. Oh, and eleven straight up. Which I feel yep. like again, that's there's usually a weird game where a, a massive underdog will kind of pull up, or you know, it's a week to week league here in the NFL. So something that might be hitting soon is is you know a massive, massive, a massive line dog makes me feel like I got to start just betting those ten, those, those double digit dogs, and they're gonna, well, someone's gonna pull through eventually. There is one that I like this week, and it's not in my top five, but there is one that I like that. I'm not entirely off of that. You may sprinkle the money line on, but we'll get to that later. Number three, Maddie. Oh boy. We already got through that one. There's only a couple left. So I, that's uh, concerning. <laughs> uh, this, this one for me is concerning. This one, 
the numbers are pointing the right way. The numbers have changed a lot in this game. And I have a, having a hard time, but I, I just, I love fading really good teams against the spread. So I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings at home laying two and a half against the Dallas Cowboys, the perfect against the spread Dallas Cowboys six and oh, now this line has moved a ton. I think mm-hmm. this opened up at, I believe it was Vikings as a two point underdog. Yeah. It was like, two, uh, it was like two and a half. I think it opened up and then got down to one and a half. I don't know. I, there's news apparently about what's happening on Sunday. That's what I, I have not been able to find anything. I know that Dak's got the calf strain and it. That seems like it's maybe a little in question. Um, he's, it, as far as you're concerned, he's going to play. So I'm wondering if it's a, a hedge against that, but it's all the way to, like I said, Vikings minus two and a half now. So it's about five points of swing. And it, this, wow. it, it just, it makes me feel really nervous to take it, but it's still all of the tickets are on Dallas. 74% of the tickets on Dallas, 63% of the money, the biggest split in ticket to money differential and percentage um, as far as how that's weighted. And I just, this is one of the first really, really good defenses. I said, I said they couldn't cover anybody, but they, you know, Mike Zimmer, he's getting this defense to play well. He's figuring this defense out and they've been much better in the past three weeks. Uh, Minnesota right now is top six uh, EPA per play. They are third uh, in the early play success rate uh, on defense. And I just think that they're going to be able to get pressure on Dak. Dak this year with a clean pocket, 127 quarterback rating with a, uh, you know, with pressure on him, a 70% quarterback rating, uh, mm-hmm. which is only 19th in the league. So I, I just think that this is a Minnesota team that's going to be able to get home on them a little bit. And if you look at Minnesota's losses this year, Minnesota three and three, two of their losses are to the Cardinals and the Bengals who are now the top teams, in the AFC and the NFC. Like, so maybe those weren't so bad losses. They lost them by a field goal. And, you know, they lost to the Browns by seven at home when just a weird slobber knocker of a game that was that those two teams had. But uh, Dalvin Cook should be back totally healthy this week now uh, as well. Uh, they're coming off the bye. And I just think this the passing defense is going to be able to get by. And Dallas's defense has been strictly surviving off of turnovers. They have been surviving so sure. much off of turnovers. So if Kirk Cousins can hang on to this ball and not make turnovers, there's – Primetime Kirk Cousins narrative. I'm just ignoring that one for right now. I just, I can't let that one come into play. The <laughs> Cowboys are due for some regression on defense. And I just got to hope that the Vikings can, can find a way through. I'm taking the pretenders. I'm picking on the, I'm picking the who, pretenders here. Who gave you the magic low potion and switched your brain around? Like they took one brain out and they put a different brain in. You're going against your Super Bowl favorite Dallas Cowboys to take the pretender Kirk Cousins poop his pants and prime dime Vikings. This, I feel like we're having a little bit of a breakthrough here. I feel like I'm messing up right now. Is that what I feel like <laughs> I'm doing? I don't know. If this bet loses, I'm my brain's already in a pretzel. <laughs> my brain's I mean, already in a pretzel and I can barely handle it. I, I just realized like halfway through, I'm like, wait a minute. The Vikings are playing the Cowboys. Now, granted, if Dak doesn't play, completely understandable. So watch this line. Like, this is going to be one that you need to watch out. You need to watch out for the wire and see, you know, what is Dak's health status? We may not know till Sunday. Um, I think they'll keep it under wraps like they have been all week. Um, Maddie, I love my model. I really do. Because my model knows me. And my model continues to love the New England Patriots absolutely loves them. They are, this is like, 
this is like incredible stuff what the model knows the model knows i think belichick has snuck into my model somehow and has kind of flipped it around but let me give you a little bit on why i love new england patriots now how about this this line was at five and a half popped to six now was gone down to four and a half as of two hours ago it's now down to four and i just looked at it so now people originally kind of getting in on the chargers now people are really hammering the patriots and i wonder if that's you know is that public money this early uh, on in the week or are some sharps trying to move some lines to get to get some buyback on the chargers like this is kind of a scary one for me i don't know this one is definitely scary and I'll just give my number two pick right now is that I have the Chargers laying four points. Let's go. We have, Let's we've, go. Got, we've got another head-to-head in a New England game. And so this is, again, so your model's clearly biased. Yes. I think if I had this, the two teams when I asked the strength of schedule question earlier that I think might be overrated in your model because of that are our two teams, the New England Patriots and the Denver Broncos, two teams that we were shocked were as high as they were. They've had a little bit of an easier schedule, so I think that might be affecting it. For me, I think this is the Sharps are looking at, if you're looking at defense, you know, the big advantage here would be New England's running game against the Chargers defense, correct? correct? So if the Chargers being, I imagine, the worst run defense in the league or bottom five run defense in the league um, in your model is probably pulling that down a lot. For me, I think that coming off of the bye, Brandon Staley is too good of a defensive coach to come out with a game plan to not stop the run, which is exactly what just destroyed them uh, with the Ravens destroyed them with going into the bye week. And I, I just think that there's no way he's going to come out allowing the Patriots to run the ball the way that the Ravens just ran the ball after sitting in that for two weeks. I just, I do not think it's possible. I think Staley was going to come out with such a better game plan. And that's all I have on this for the numbers. I just think that there was, I, I look back, when's the last time they played? Oh, the Patriots beat the Chargers 45 to nothing in right. Los Angeles last year with Cam <laughs> Newton playing quarterback. Mac Jones coming off of his best game yet as a rookie, now going on the road, fading him after they put up 54 points, take betting on Brandon Staley to make some corrections in his defense, one of the better defensive coaches. And I think that this is going to be a guy that we have all these, you know, coaches coming off a bye that we automatically bet on. Brandon Staley's impressed the hell out of me this year with his coaching. And so I think that he's going to be a guy that we maybe respect in that regard uh, in years coming forward. So. Tell me why you're taking New England here, because I just now I just I just stole your pick and I just jumped in front of it and gave it out because I, I just I can't see it with New England. I, I know you can't see it, but I, I look beyond. I look beyond. I don't think the Chargers are that good of a team of where they've shown. I think they're pretty average. And the DVOA numbers back me up on this. 17th overall DVOI, DVOA. Offense is 11th DVOA. Defense is 16th DVOA. They're not really as spectacular as people are making them out to be and the run the run game being as bad as it is the one thing the patriots can do is run the football now i get it you think that staley is that that's a perfectly fine opinion um i think that mcdaniels is going to have a field day because here's the difference the chargers have played a couple of teams like baltimore that have been able to run the football on them right but they don't run the same offense that the patriots do the Patriots run very specific scheme-oriented uh, run offense where they're really going to get the tackles out. They did a great job last week. They get Shaq Mason back last week, and he does wonders. Now Shaq Mason going to be able to play in this game as well. Still wondering about Trent Brown and if he'll be able to go 
not sure. Here's what scares me about New England. Jonathan Jones, out for the year. That's a yeah. big loss in the cornerback position. Is Devin McCourty going to be able to play in this game? We don't know that yet. He's probably going to be a game-time decision. But you say fade New England off of 50 points. Since 2017, teams that scored and won and scored 50 points in the game are 6-3-1 and one the next week, ATS. Doesn't typically happen. Like most of the time you score 50 points, you'll cover the next week. They don't have to win the game, although they do have to win the game, but they don't have to win the game. I'll take the Patriots in the points plus four. They'll keep this game close. And even if the Patriots play half of what they did last year and the Chargers play half of what they did last year, that tells me they're going to win by 24 points. So that's just going to be, and, and obviously that's a joke, but um, New England, again, they've been really, really good against the run as well. Eckler now on the injury list did not practice this week with the hip. So we'll see about that. But turn this team one-dimensional and keep the ball away from Herbert. And I think good things will happen. I like the Patriots here plus four. Yeah, and just the other thing, too, with the Patriots record, we got to remember, three wins. The Jets twice and the Houston Texans are the three wins on the New England Patriots. Yes, they played Dallas and Tampa close. Those were both at home. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I think Staley, I think this could be a shocking one this week. I think the Chargers could blow them out. Wow. Because, you know, the other thing, don't you – do you think it's a problem that the only person getting pressure on the defensive line is Matt Judon? And if you throw – you put him – you got Rashawn Slater on that side and you have a tight end or the back to chip him, he's the only one getting pressure out of him. Okay. The, the, the rookie uh, – what's his name? has been doing okay, but um, – Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Uche? Right Uche, yeah. Name? He's second-year guy. Um, Judon is not going to get on Slater. They'll move Judon around to avoid Slater. But here's what I'll say. The Patriots have never had a rush defense, a rushing, uh, a pass rush like this. I mean, they never do that. They've always, 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 not since Chandler Jones have they really had a really good pass rusher. Trey Flowers I'll give you, but they've always had one guy and then everybody else just anchors and holds the line, and that's the way they do it. They just don't believe in having a pass rush, it's, which is incredible. They're going to keep Harvard in the pocket. They're going to try and confuse him in the secondary. And, you know, with the secondary banged up, though, that does scare me, but this is going to be a fascinating, fascinating game. Um, it's your number two pick, correct? Yes, number two. So you go again. Okay. Roll again. Back to back. Um, I tried, Matt. I tried so hard to make this game. Like, I tried so hard to change the metrics of my model to, like, give this team a chance to be able to, like, be in an astronomical spot where they would be. Because if I had kept, if I had told you what the number was before I cranked this team all the way down and then cranked the other team all the way up, it would have been like an astronomical spread that I came up with. So I cranked down the team that I really liked and I cranked up all the way the team that I really hated. And I still got like a three touchdown spread in this game. I mean, I did whatever I could. And it's scary but I love cats. Ah, Give me the stripes. Joe Boo Row. Joe Boo Row this week. I love the Bengals. I'm sorry. It's a bad week to be a youth pastor, Mike White. I mean, it just is. It's just like, I, if, if Zach Wilson was playing in the game, I'd be like, okay. Like, I get it. Jets at home. Absolutely. Mike White. 
Mike White. Like, it wasn't impressive. I mean, it was impressive what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase did, but that wasn't the most impressive thing that I saw. The defense of the Bengals is legit. It is very, very legit. And Matt, I want to give you something else too. I gave you the 50-point stat with the winners. The team that gave up 50 points and lost since 2017, the next week is 2-7 and seven against the spread since 2017. I like the Bengals here, minus 10.5. I just – I can't – foresee in any possible way that the Jets are going to stay in this game. They gave up 54 to a dog crap Patriots offense with a rookie Mac Jones. Like, and now you're getting Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And like one of the best offenses in football coming in there, not to mention that they're starting a backup quarterback. Like, I don't think that this has to be something that you remember a couple of years ago when, and we both bought bet this game. So I want to see if you remember this. Remember a couple of years ago, Monday night football, it was like week two. And we had in the, it was Browns versus jets. And the line was like minus two. And then it was the mono game. It was Sam Darnold's mono game. Yep. And Sam Darnold gets mono. The line scoots up to seven and a half, eight, nine, somewhere around there. They started freaking uh, the kid from Washington state. Um, Luke Falk, remember him? Yep, yep. Remember him? Exactly. I mean, most people don't. But and the line was like nine. It's like okay, now we got a great number on the Browns, but we, maybe we buy back on the Jets and we middle this, and they lost by like twenty or thirty points. Like, let's not overthink this. This is that game. This is Bengals all the way. Yeah, this is another one. I tried to find a way. Like I thought I had the Jets and the Jets are like my lean because it's just it's a spot for Cincinnati because as good as good as they look last week and as bad as the Jets look, this is one, you know, you got a little buy low, sell high and just flip it around. And and if you look at the look at the look ahead lines in this game uh, last week before those two teams played, uh, not not from the preseason line of like the Jets were a favorite, but even last week it was Bengals by three and a half. And now it's all the way up to 10 and a half. And just hearing some people talk through how they would make those model changes, you know, even if, all right, you give the Bengals one and a half points for the big win last week and you take one and a half points from the Jets for their blowout for getting beaten last week, that's six and a half. And then the interesting part of it is, as you said, maybe if Zach Wilson was playing, but from another thing I've heard from people who are do these numbers is that why would we change the line for Zach Wilson? Like what's, What's the replacement difference from Zach Wilson, who's had some of the worst quarterback play in the NFL this year, to a backup? It's really kind of negligible. So now, even if you were to do a half a point for Zach Wilson, it's at seven. So you should take this Jets at ten and a half. I just don't have the guts. I just, I just, it's disgusting. It's gross. It makes no freaking sense. And I'll tell you something else. It's there's a difference between a backup quarterback coming into a game. And Mike White actually didn't play that bad. I thought he, he was okay in, in the second half. It was just a blowout. But there's a difference between a backup coming into a game in the middle of a game and then having a week to prepare for that backup as a defense. Like, that's where I find this just really, really tough for the Jets. So my number two pick was Cincinnati Bengals, minus 10 and a half. Um, as scary as it is, I have an even scarier one for number one. That is awful. Um I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you off here for your number one. Cause I always want you to go oh. last. I always want okay. you to go last. Cause I always like hearing what you have to say as your last pick. 
Matt, this might be. Remember when I took the Jaguars a couple weeks ago? Like, and yeah. like took them Dolphins. It was like, why was Jake Jaguars' disgusting pick? Winston Churchill, the whole nine yards. We hit it. This one makes me want to puke. This is my dummy Frankenstein, no brain, just stupid idiot pick. And I hate it. Because the team is stuck in the 90s. I'm going to take the Giants plus 10 on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. I freaking hate that pick. It's so it's, gross. It's so bad. It's so bad. It is so this duh, big blue, duh. Like, that's what I feel like of taking this pick. Just an idiot. <laughs> but how big of an idiot would you be betting on the worst team in the league as a 10-point favorite? Like, how are the Chiefs still a 10-point favorite? It's crazy. I, I get so like the two teams that they've beaten up are the other two NFC East teams, the the Washington football team and the Eagles, but it's still just how can you lay 10 points with this team? I, you're, I think you're on the right side. Ugh. Here's some numbers to back you up. I hate even putting out these numbers because they're gross. Kansas City offense, not defense, offense. Weeks one through four, DVOA, they were number one in the league. Weeks five through seven, they're 24th DVOA. How about these numbers? The home road splits for Daniel Jones. At home, completion percentage, 63%. Road, 65%. Yards per attempt, 6.3 at home, 8.8 on the road. Touchdown, uh, I'm sorry, interceptions, three at home, one on the road, 20-plus yard completions, five at home, 12 on the road, and passer rating, 76.8 at home, 99.6 on the road. The home road splits for Daniel Jones, say it all, we talk about it every week. Um, How about this little nugget? The Giants since 1996 are 5-1 straight up against the Chiefs. Isn't wow. that fascinating? Oh, I want to throw up all over the place. This is just a Frankenstein pick. Giants plus 10, number one pick of the week. I just – it's so – it's the grossest pick because I hate, hate the Giants, but I have to take them. Yeah, it's just something you got to do sometimes. I mean – I, I understand why you hate it. Again, I just think – I do think that sounds like the right side to me, just not taking the Chiefs. You know, everybody's been making money betting against the Chiefs. Why not keep doing it? You know, keep doing it until it fails, I guess. But, boy, it's hard. It's hard to believe in the Giants. Oh, I mean, it's the bad spot because the Chiefs just got blown out. The Giants just won a football game. That like, too. You know, it's – them. but, like, how is that team plus 10 or minus 10? It just it, – it boggles the mind. It really does. Okay, Maddie. Yeah. Give us your infinite wisdom. This is a get right week for Matty Ice. This is when we're starting to hammer away. We're beating up zombies. We're, we're hitting them with shovels. Like, that's what we're doing this week. It is a get right week for Matty C. I believe in you, and I believe in this pick. Boy, you have more faith maybe than I do. But uh, um, this one is another – this is, just feels like another spot. Another team that I guess maybe is a uh, – maybe kind of a, a public favorite. That I'm going against, and I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus three and a half against the Cleveland Browns. Um, Pittsburgh's defense still still been great this year. Top ten uh, against the run DVOA. They are third in their in pressure rate, um, and 
Baker is probably going to be the big, the big one, you know, fluctuating this line, possibly it's been down to three, three and a half. It, it might go up to four if Baker is fully announced, but Baker coming back, rushing off of injury might not be the best thing. He hasn't necessarily been great this year. Uh, Jarvis Landry has a new knee problem that popped up after last game, after Thursday night and in camp this week. Um, so he's definitely not playing. And we've seen Baker's splits with and without Landry have been brutal. He is clearly his number one receiver. Forget it. Odell Beckham is, is irrelevant for, for him this year. They are possibly getting Nick Chubb back, but that's still yet to be seen. So I just think that the Pittsburgh's defense is going to be able to, to control this run game a little bit more against Cleveland. Um, and this is a Tomlin spot. This is Tomlin as a dog. This is exactly when you want to take them. Um, Tomlin facing dogs or Tomlin as a dog from week three and on in his career is 36, 15 and two 71% against the spread. Tomlin as a road dog versus a winning, a team with a winning record, 18 and seven and Tomlin versus a dog at all versus any team with a winning record, 27, 10 and one. He gets the team up for these spots. He knows how to sell his team on, on playing as a dog and playing, you know, winning a game that they, they shouldn't be or winning a game that they are counted out on. Um, and so this is just for me a, a spot. And I had this, I think I confirmed this, but did you know that Kevin Stefanski in the division was 0-6 against the spread last year? Uh, that is stunning to me. I did not the, know that. In the regular season, they were 0-6. They beat Pittsburgh in – the final game of the year, but yeah. they lost. That was when Pittsburgh didn't play anybody, I believe, and they didn't cover the spread as a favorite in that one. So that was the only game that they won. Um, but they weren't very good in their division last year, and they they did cover the spread against Pittsburgh. Yeah, but they in they the didn't cover. Game. Yeah, in the playoff game, but they yeah. did not cover against Baltimore both times. They got blown out by Baltimore both times. Um, they did not cover against Cincinnati both times. Wow. Um, they, they didn't cover – they were they were favorites in those games. Uh, Cincinnati covered uh, six points in the first one. They covered four and a half in the second game. And, yeah, and in Pittsburgh, like I said, they, they only in uh, that final game uh, in where they didn't cover um, the, the total spread. So that was interesting to me. That was a glaring kind of thing for me. And um, I another interesting part, I heard someone talking about, you know, the Browns' defense and how they are playing better this year, mainly because they've got speed all over the place. But what they lose in the speed, obviously, is size. And they've been mismatched by a lot of bigger uh, – by tight ends and some bigger receivers. So I think Chase Claypool is a big game for him. You saw Cortland Sutton had a pretty decent game against them last game. And, you know, yes. he's a quite a big receiver himself. But Chase Claypool is kind of another level um, as far as being a big body. They've loved Pat Fryer moved out there now. Uh, he is the new Jesse Penn James. State there. guy, yeah. That's yeah. Out there. It's a good player. So I think that those two guys are going to do really well and they'll be able to control the clock um, and, and run the ball decently themselves with Najee Harris. So um, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers catching three and a half. Again, this maybe not a game that they win, but they definitely keep keep tight and keep close and uh, maybe hope the defense again can make a couple plays and just, just a great Tomlin spot. I would love for the Steelers to cover for you and for the Browns to win for me. I would love that. I mean, that would be fantastic if we could just middle that that would be perfect um i don't really know what to make of this game with baker being out of the game i just i don't and with chubb still like maybe playing like this is why i immediately just crossed it off my like i crossed this game off and i crossed the seattle jacksonville game off like i was just like neither of these two games are interested in me at all so with the quarterback issues that both teams have so i commend you i commend you i i hope that this one hits in fact maybe i'll ride with you I don't know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
Um, number one pick, Pittsburgh Steelers. Fantastic. Uh, Leans this week, Matty Ice. Yeah, so Leans, the ones that we already did mention, like I said, I had Buffalo. I did have Chicago. They were enough to get me. Uh, it was enough to get me off of the defensive players. Uh, let's see. What's another one that I had here? Oh, in, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, we, uh, talk about uh, this one because of this line movement here. Yeah, so this is one I think that we both texted each other. We did get this at a better line this week. So this is a side that we're on, but on Indianapolis as a dog. You know, right. as, as I think we both got them at one and a half or one. Yes, so one and a half. It, I just think that, you know, this is another spot. This is a perfect fade Tennessee game. I, I, I kind of mentioned it when we nailed Baltimore versus the Chargers last week. Then when you said you were taking the Bengals versus the Ravens, uh, and saying, you know, it's kind of like the public favorite team getting getting the torch pass from one to the next. Mm-hmm. As much as I don't think the Bengals now are the team that everybody's going to bet on too much, it feels like the Titans are after having two yep. massive wins, both in, you know, kind of in, in big-time fashion, one being Monday night against the Bills, and then last week, obviously, the premier game against the Chiefs that everybody wasn't in prime time, but everybody had their eyes on it and was shocked by the outcome of it. So just feels like the perfect spot now to get to get off of uh, off of the Titans and onto the Colts, who – the Colts, and that's the other reason too. I feel like the Colts are a team for us that we just are getting pulled back into. Like they're like getting, back. They're, they're, they're bringing me back us. in. These past few weeks, their numbers are very, very different than the first three games they played. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm trying to do that more, breaking this season into different fractions. Like this team is clearly getting it together, and it makes sense. Like with all the issues they had in training camp and all this, all these new personnel coming in this season, the offensive line problems they've had all year. Now that they're getting a little bit of continuity, like you said, some consistency, uh, as you were mentioning with the 49ers not having, like they're getting consistency now, they're getting it right. And as much as they're winning, they've been winning these past weeks like Tennessee has, people aren't buying in on the Colts as much, I think. So I think this is the perfect week now that the Colts are going to get people to believe that they are for real and they are in this um, in this division. Nobody has seen Indianapolis either. That's the problem. They've beaten Houston. Nobody watches that game. You know, They beat the Niners. It's like, well, the weather affected the game they're coming yeah they're back maddie i bought two futures this week i bought the knicks to win the eastern conference at 38 to one first oh where's lewis, where's lou for that lewis is not even here i texted him immediately i said i i just wrote i believe in miracles and i bet the colts to win the division because they're now plus 270 to win the division and i think that this would be the spot they go into first place if they win this game i, I think right so correct um this is the spot to absolutely hammer the Colts. And remember, this was like minus 105 plus 115 between the Titans and the Colts all summer long. Now you're getting the Colts at plus 270 in a game in which they can take over the division lead if they win it at home with the Titans now being the super inflated team with, with the wins over the Bills and the Chiefs. I love, love the Colts. And I love that we got it at plus one and a half. That is fantastic. Watch the lines on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. That's what you have to do. Um, any other lanes for you? Um, nothing I want to mention right now. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, leans for me, Indianapolis, as I said. New Orleans, as we talked about, is a lean on my category. Maddie, your Denver Broncos are coming up on my lean category as well. Get, giving three to the Washington football team, who stink. No Terry McLaurin this week. That defense is terrible. Uh, Wash, uh, Denver with extra rest, 10 days off. Jerry Judy, I'm hearing possibly coming back this week. Is that a thing? Correct. Correct. He is back. He is definitely playing. Excellent. Love that. So Denver is in my lanes. Uh, Minnesota was in my lanes and 
I don't know if I'll be on them, like maybe. And then the one that I may take the big favorite, the big, or the big dog, the big dog, that sprinkle a little money line. If Tyrod Taylor plays. Oh, yeah. Houston Texans against oh, the Rams. Yeah. The Rams were the team that lost that big game last year to the Jets. It's another game like this on the road. If Tyrod Taylor plays, the line is what, 14 and a half, right? Uh, yeah, 14 and a half right now. So my model had this at 13 and a half. So it was the only one of those big games. So it was that close. I may, I, I probably will be on the Texans on Sunday, at least on the spread. But, you know, you got to just sprinkle a little, sprinkle a little money line and you never, ever know. You are 100% correct. These teams are due. And then uh, maybe San Francisco, Chicago on the under 39 and a half. just so low, very windy. And these two teams just stink offensively. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game, a ton of sacks in this game. Because the offensive line of Chicago stinks. And the defensive line of Chicago has been really good. If they are healthy, they are really good. Um, let's go to the under the weather game of the week. And Maddie, I'm going right back to you with the number one pick here. Pittsburgh and Cleveland is going to be the under the weather game, which benefits the dog. So I absolutely. absolutely love this one. Now here's my problem. It was at 47 to open the week. It has come down to 42 now as the total. So this has really been hammered, but here's the weather in Cleveland. Uh, by the way, how can we not get an under in an atmospheric river? Can you explain that to me? The Colts' best play on Sunday night was offensive pass interference. That was our oh, yeah. defensive pass interference. It was a ridiculous what they were doing. It was so ridiculous. How we did not get an under in an atmospheric river completely <laughs> mind boggles the, the, the radar screen. Um, but here's the weather, 57 degrees, 10 to 20 mile an hour winds, same uh, sustained winds of up to 16 miles per hour. We are looking at a 40% chance of rain. Now the rain may taper off in the second half, but the wind is going to get worse as the day goes on. So that's why I really, really like Cleveland and Pittsburgh, the under 42 with the under the weather. I was going to go Miami Buffalo, but I remember betting that as an under the weather game last year. And that completely is getting blown uh, and the Buffalo getting to 56 by themselves and yeah. looking at those numbers. I mean, they won a 35, nothing game and got the under this year, but the rest of those games, these are usually high scoring games between Miami and Buffalo. So I will take Pittsburgh and Cleveland on the under. Yeah. Buffalo loves to run it up against Miami. It feels they like, love like it. yeah, they, they, they dominate that team. You gave all the numbers earlier about how much they just, uh, they just, they blow them up every time they win like double digits constantly. So yeah, they can get to that number on their own. Man, they own own the Dolphins um, like Rodgers owns the Bears. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. Last week, we went with Cincinnati and Philly, right? That was the pick last week. Yep, so Cincinnati was great, and then we died with Philly in the 4 o'clock window. Died. And I told you, after Philly scored the first touch, and I said, I need it. I should hedge this out right now because it yep. was just an opportunity, and I just didn't do it. I should, I should have, I should have let you do it. I mean, I, I really, you texted me that I said long game and you were hundred percent right. You were hundred percent right. Um, but I'd rather lose that way than get the absolute just spirit of the heart with Miami, like we were talking about and them losing yeah. on a field goal. So um, let's get it right this week. Pocket aces, magic in the air, mystical weekend, Halloween special. What's a scary little money line parlay we got going well, I try not, try not to double down on my picks, my, my top five too much here, but 
I, I do have the one. I, I have Pittsburgh in, in there at plus 162. I just think okay. a divisional game, I think it's going to be close. And uh, I was laughing on the Zoom call because the other game, you said you crossed the Pittsburgh game off and you crossed another game off. Oh, no. And we are going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> going to Seattle to play. Coming off of a bye, Geno Smith has been somehow – some way getting this team to cover spreads two spreads in a row sick i i just don't think i mean they did not play well at all last week jaguars coming off the bye hopefully it could be a little bit better uh trevor lawrence has been getting better and i think can beat up this defense the seattle defense is bad the seattle team without russell wilson is just bad tyler lockett rp to my fantasy team i don't even start the guy anymore he's irrelevant oh. without russell wilson so I will happily take the Jaguars getting three and a half and you take them on the money line at plus 154. And if you pair those two together with Pittsburgh, that will give you a plus 565 uh, parlay. You put a hundred dollars on that, get back 565 bucks. That's thanks. Hey, you know what? Good. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Good. Like we love, I loved it last week. Like Cincinnati, Philly, I'm in love with it. But that, my friend, is quality stinky cheese right there. Is what that is. I, I almost made it Jacksonville and Carolina. Ooh. And that now that I say it out loud, because that's that that just gave you the willies. That gave you a visceral physical reaction just hearing it. That I might have to put that one in too, because that might be ugly. But we're going with Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Shades of the old uh, 2017 divisional round game. Between yes. Blake Bortle and the 45-42 winner that the Jaguars upset the Steelers. But, man, that is really gross. That is – I don't like the Steelers. And I certainly don't like Jacksonville going to Seattle, right? I mean – Correct. Oh, that one is terrible. With Urban <laughs> – I mean, Urban's halfway out the door to LSU. I mean, goodness. Yeah, no, he's stopping, he's stopping in for an interview right before the game. <laughs> It's, him yeah. and, is he gonna just ask Pete Carroll? So you're like, yeah, so what's USC like? You know, I like, just ask and him. Not, not for nothing. Like, talk about a coaching matchup where you can be like Urban Meyer isn't necessarily at a you know at a fault here going against Pete Carroll. I don't think we're giving oh. Pete Carroll too much credit. So no, we're not. It it, it, it lines up here, Dan. It lines up. Geno Smith's been bad. Geno Smith's been terrible. Horrible. Terrible. He has been. And if they're gonna rely on him, the one thing Jacksonville does do well is they defend the run. They defend the run. They do. And they can run the ball themselves. They can. They can. And the Saints shut them freaking down last week uh, in Seattle. So, to me, that is a really gross one, which is why we're probably going to have to take it. Oh, this is – I hate these, but these are usually the one that hits. I know. I I love this reaction from you. This reaction makes me feel so much better about just swimming in the filth. See, I would have been okay, actually. I would have felt a lot better about it if it was Carolina. We can't have it with Carolina because they're playing Atlanta and like, okay, that's the easy one. But like, I, I thought you were going to maybe have Patriots, like the Bears or something. But like the two games that I immediately crossed off. I, know. <laughs> I started laughing as soon as you said that. Oh, that's rancid. All right. Well, it's rancid enough to love. So, um, Maddie, enjoy the wedding. Enjoy the yeah. weekend. Hollow weekend. Um, is the wedding on Sunday? 
no Saturday, Saturday going into Sunday. So we'll have a great time Saturday night and I can make it alive to my couch by, by 12 55 on Sunday, crawl my way back in under the covers and, and have seven hours of commercial free football. Oh, watch out folks. I mean, that is going to be crazy. That is going to be really crazy. I'm excited for you, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be, as I said, at Martinsville at the raceway on Sunday. So I will be uh, cheering on Joe Logano, but also cheering on all these other ones, man. I, I, this is a very spooky, spooky thing. I might be getting a couple of, of boots and maybe a, maybe a hat, you know, Stetson, a good Stetson to, to go down to Martinsville with. And I don't know, they're turning me, they're turning me a little more, uh, they're turning me a little more red down here in the, the below the Mason Dixon line. I got to tell you. I was going to say, you start hanging out below, now you're, you're going to see, uh, cars go into in a circle for four hours and four and a half hours straight instead of you know watching smash mouth football but eh, you know i know they're getting me into college more which i have been horrendous at this whole year so um we'll find a way we'll find a way to get those games on the screen uh thank you maddie appreciate it lou will be back next week i will be back as well um doing some recording uh and then i'm headed to mississippi as well next week so that'll be a lot of fun but we thank you, everybody here this week for listening to the Sunday Card. You can listen to us every single week on Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod. Follow us on Twitter at the Sunday Card. Uh, Sports Country Radio at SportsCountry.net, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11:30 a.m. on Sundays. Yet don't pick in. We'll see you on Twitter on Sunday. For Randy Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, I'm Dan Zapano. We thank you for listening to the Sunday Card. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no immortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> ha